is added. Immediately, illumination and light. Boom. My eyes are open, I can see. The next thing I do is I start to eat the shogun and shogun. But just the eating, I now have to get to the place. The worship represents, I mean, the showbread represents the word. But the worship and here is where worship and work, the word and worship go together. Because now I have an opportunity to show forth my praises for God's goodness and his grace and his mercy. At that place, you can worship God. That's the place, and it is the worship after being fed the word that opens the door for the holy to hold. Even if we just start with like maybe so like significant because when you enter this place, there is nothing for you to do as a human but be in a place of to be able to receive what it is God has for you. In that place, God can pour out His Spirit. And so there is the, and that's the mercy seat. And at the mercy seat, you know, and he had two cherubims on both sides, and the cherubims were guards. They were there watching. The, the cherubims were, were there as the guards. This was all golden. Gold represents purity. So in this place is this pure relationship with God. And let me share with you, uh, this was a very challenging place for any of the uh, previous ministers uh, and, and those that were leading uh, in, in the tabernacle that day. In fact, if they went into this place with unclean hands or an unclean heart, they didn't walk out. They were pulled out. So this is a place where, I mean, when they entered, they had to enter with a clean heart, with a clean hand. Isn't it great with God's grace and mercy for many of us today with Jesus' blood going with no more word of the tabernacle in, the, in its form that it was, but now coming to Christ with our openness, our honesty, with being able to repent and walk back out because that's what the blood of Jesus has done for us. What do you mean by that? Well, I, I'm going to take us there uh, in a minute because I want to share with you. Christ came, the high priest of God, of good things to come. By a greater, in Hebrew, this is by a greater and more perfect tabernacle. Not a physical one, but this one was a spiritual one. This body, this tabernacle that he talked about, is this tabernacle that's going to come in the form of a human, of Jesus Christ. That's the tabernacle that we're talking about. This is the house that they were referring to. Our house, this body. Amen? And so the tabernacle that's not made with hands, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. In other words, it was by... His blood, the blood of Jesus Christ, and the blood of his father. So he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us all. When he had that, there, so we're gonna, uh, this is a foreshadow of what was to come. So we see it in the wilderness. And then by the time five, five, four thousand years later, we see it in the book of Hebrews. And Paul writing about it, uh, and then we see the fact that Jesus is now going through this process, exactly what we saw here happening, happened there, happened at Calvary and uh, at uh, Golgotha. The precious blood of Christ typified the glorious of the ancient Hebrew sacrifices, and without the blood of Christ, it is impossible for God to allow us to approach Him. 
And so that blood had to be shed in order for us to get back into relationship with, with God, to be back in that covering. Otherwise, we spend the rest of our lives with temple covering, yearly sacrifices. No and so we don't have to do that. There's no, we, we, we take communion, okay, and we're in covenant, but you don't have to go back year after year and going uh, to, to kill turtle doves and goats and uh, have it pouring in. No, no, that, those days, we and need this pain. That's so that that yeah. the next segue. But before that, we do, I want to make sure we don't have any questions for our, for our audience. It's not terrible. I believe we do. Um, Can you? I, that was something I was talking to our students today about as far as the sacrifice. You know, that we don't have to sacrifice no more. And I was asking them, I said, just imagine if you had to make a sacrifice for every sin that we made every year. How many sacrifices, how many lambs would you have to have sacrificed? And as young kids, they had to think about that because sometimes you don't even realize how, how, how stained we are. You know, and, and because of Christ dying for our sins, that we've been washed. And, and, and because we've been washed, we have a chance to have that relationship with God again, but we have to hear his voice. And like you said, we have to get into his word, that showbread. We have to get into his word. He's given us his word. He was the word in the flesh, and yeah. we have that opportunity now it's not to, to worship him. Amen. So this leads me into the next segue of tonight's study is exactly the eventually. type and shadow of the tabernacle and the wilderness of all of right on screen. Here that um, Jesus' body and give blood and heaven accurate. is for you and me. And so, and Hebrews talks about that in the 10th chapter, how he dealt with Jesus' body and why it was necessary for Jesus to go to the cross. He already knew and I, and I love telling the story about Jesus in the garden, the Gethsemane is he's in the garden, and he knows at this point that he has to face this trial that he had never ever gone through. And he's in the garden, and the pressure is so great on him. He is literally sweating, and the capillary is sweat comes dripping like blood. And he realizes as this is happening. Yeah, well, now, that, that and all honestly really doesn't matter because it's going through a wide line. Depending on where the wide line is, it can be blurry, it can be from there. And he has to trust Eventually, we're his father go direct into like a wire, internet wire. And he says to his but, father, um, since we is have the, there the another way? Like so, Sounds familiar? How many of us know and hear from God the things that we have to do in our lives to get we're willing to always it's continue right to here, ask God, see there. Okay, is there another way? Um, We'd really rather so not go through that it. process knowing what we know about it. it. We'd right. rather go to the right. little bit. And uh, I'm not so different than you. We all have experienced hmm. that. But at the end of the day, there's a purpose and a reason for the direction that God has always pointed us in and which he would have to go. And so most of the time, we and our flesh doesn't know that the Lord doesn't want to deal with that. But here, Jesus knows, and he says, and, and I want to kind of 
quickly in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, it says, God, who in sundry times and diverse manners, that means different times, spoke to us in times past to the fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he is speaking to us through his son, by, by the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, having in these last days spoken unto us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, and to whom he has made this world. So in other words, he's speaking to us through the Father. So here again, I'm explaining the blood covenant, why Jesus' blood is so important, and the covenant relationship we have with him. Covenant is more than just the simple version, it's an agreement. But what does the, this agreement was signed by his blood? His blood sealed the deal for all those that profess to be Christian, born again Christian. We are solidified by what the blood did. Why? His blood was perfect. He was not born of man. He was born by the Holy Spirit. <coughs> His mother, who was human and was a, a woman who had experienced life like anyone else, yet she was a vessel chosen of God to use. So I know there's many out there that celebrate Mary. Mary was great. But Mary can't do anything for you because it's all about Jesus. I don't, I don't say that to offend anybody, but I'm telling you, Mary is great, but she's not God. Only Jesus, and only by the blood of Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 10, it says, For the law, having the shadow of good things to come, so it was that experience to be able to have sacrifices was, a, was trying to explain those things that were come with knowing that God had already put in place. He put this in place in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. We already know this is coming. We know there's going to be a, a child born of woman. We already know that this child is going to crush the head of the enemy. And the head enemy is going to bruise him. And I love this as well. I just a bruise is blood breaking capillaries underneath the skin but not pouring out. So it becomes superficial and not detrimental. That's what happens to Jesus. So now that's a whole other part of it, but this for the law having the shadow of good things to come and not every very image of the things can never can, can never, with these same sacrifices, which they offer continually, year by year, make those who approach perfect. So we would never be perfect year after year making sacrifices. Year after year, we would never change anything really in our lives. But this was a type of shadow or a foreshadow of the hope that God was providing for those of the past of what was to come. I hope I'm clear on that, but you understand, we are living on the other side of the cross, which is called the New Testament. And in the New Testament, it gives us rights that the Old Testament did not have because it was doubled by law. I need you to be unclear on that, so you understand. For then, would they have not ceased to be offered? For the worship, once purified, would have no more consciousness of sin. But in those sacrifices, there are there is a reminder of sin every year. So many of us have been sin conscious, and we are born as sinful in the sinful nature. But as a human, you can be free 
and try to walk with God to that place, not so much being perfect, but a place of perfection with Him because He's perfect. And so choosing God and walking with God and understanding God and doing as much as you can that He commands you to do with your life, then your chances to walk with Him in that order or that process is much greater, which is what God intends for us to do. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls or goats could take away your sins. I need us to think about that tonight. Now, I know they practiced in the law. They did this because that was required. But the Bible tells me there is no remission of sin without the shedding of blood. Which means he already knew blood has to be in a perfect form and has and would be shared on the behalf of him. And this is what makes me understand Jesus Christ today so much. And I hope you get this tonight. That because Jesus was not born as every other human under the form of Adam and Eve, he was born by the Holy Spirit that impregnated Mary and called him. So his blood was not tainted. He had perfect blood. He was the only human born with that blood. And the fact that he lived his life initially for the first 30 years, typically, as a normal human being, they, they being the enemy and his cohorts, did not believe that when he started operating in his anointing and his power, that he was any different than any other prophet. That was all done on purpose. So they thought of him just as there were other great men and women of God throughout the ages who lived and walked on the earth. Yet, none of them had the ability he had or the power that he had. And so when he started operating, going about doing good, healing people where he could, he did all of that. But his biggest goal was to share with the 12 disciples that walked with him. He was preparing them for a greater work, which is what I want to talk to all of us about because we should be operating in that same multiplicity effect because it's what we do and what we learn and how we operate, not only together, but when we separate, what effects are we having in, the other, in our world? Or is it just our world having an effect on us? Hello, somebody. So we, we got to get, so this is a point that God wants to do. So this blood, this blood, this blood that Jesus had is good, is clean, and he gets there. And so it was telling us that this blood had to come. And I'm, I'm summarizing now. So the fact that Jesus is in the garden, he accepts the assignment, he's got to go to the cross. So by the way, they did not kill Jesus. He surrendered himself and allowed himself to go. He had the power, according to the scriptures, if we read about the first incident that happened in the garden, when he spoke, he spoke in the power of God, and his voice came across the wind just from his voice was so powerful, it knocked everybody down. Including the disciples. Everybody hit the ground. But he realized, oh, I, I, I'm not going to use this because I'm submitting. God submitted to the will of the enemy and the people at that point in time 
so that he would go to his cross. If you want, if you want to change it, I can put it on something. I can put it on something else if you want to change it. Yet he was sinless, and he takes the responsibility for each and every one of us. That's what this is all about. I got so a, the offering, the offering screen. He takes I can it all. Right? Right? And by doing so, he goes to Calvary, he takes on the blood, he died there on the cross physically. The last words that he says is he says to Father, I commend my spirit back to you. So he's committing and commissioning his spirit man with his father, yet his physical body goes limp. The very blood that was in his body, the soldier pokes him in the side. And by the way, crucifixion is such a terrible death, every time he bleed, he breathed, the places where he had the nail holes and the pressure, the blood pressure in your body would cause the blood to squirt out every time he took a breath. Very painful. But by sticking the, the spear in his side, his blood gushed out and poured out a lot faster. It's almost in your stomach area, and you know, you could bleed out a lot faster if you had some kind of wound to this area um, and not been able to able bleed out. And without the blood in the body, the body can't function. Oh, somebody will get that in a minute. Without the blood in the body, the body couldn't function. I'm summarizing the story. Jesus goes down. The, body, the Bible tells us that he descends before he ascends, and he goes down to hell. He's taken on the sins of the world, yet he knew no sin. The problem with that is God redeems him now because God the Father, because his son knew no sin. That was the key to getting the keys back. Only his blood could do that. So there was a, a violation of a principle that can't be, you can't, that couldn't be done. In other words, the enemy violated the principle by killing an innocent man and thinking he was subject to death like everyone else, which not realizing that he was God. So Jesus, paraphrased, goes down to hell, takes the keys to the kingdom back, ascends, the Bible tells me he ascends, so he leaves that place, but he doesn't go to heaven, he comes back to the earth. He's now, the tomb is rolled away. Y'all all know the story. So the tomb is rolled away, and now Mary Magdalene and them run in, and they see him there. But now he's standing up, he's clothed, and the only thing that's left is holes in his body. That was done intentionally. Every whip, because the Bible tells us he was beat so bad he was unrecognizable. But the Bible tells us that every stripe, because that's what they call one of the, the whips, they were stripes. Every one of those stripes were healed. Body completely healed. He left the hole just for evidence for the deceased, but also so that they would know it was no longer functioning off of blood. Now his spirit man was operating. The blood that was poured out was poured out in Calvary. I also got my 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 lightning mind, it says, man was formed in fashion out of the dirt of the ground, the dust of the ground, 
and hear the blood had to hit the ground and enter back into the dirt. The dirt absorbed that blood. It swallowed it up. That blood is still working today in the earthly realm because Jesus in heaven is in a heavenly body with no blood in it. Let me talk a little bit more about that. That the heaven, his blood in heaven is for you and me. And what I'm talking about is not, it, I'm talking about his body and his blood is here. So listen to this. Previously saying, sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings, and these offerings for sin, did not desire nor have a pleasure in them yeah. which were offered according to the law. He said to them, Behold, I have come to you to do your will, O God. And he takes away the first, and he would establish the second. The ninth chapter of the Hebrews deals with the blood of Jesus. In the ninth chapter, the Holy Spirit tells us that everything connected with the tabernacle and in that service was a shadow of a greater and more perfect tabernacle that was going to come that was not made by hand. That's the tabernacle of Jesus Christ. It also says that calls the tabernacle a pattern of things in heaven. So therefore, it is necessary that the copies of the things that are in heaven should be purified with these things, but heavenly things themselves, which were better sacrificed than these. Listen, so going on, it says, For Christ has not entered into the holy place made with hands, which is a copy of that, that holies of holies that was, was created in humans. But it's not, it, but, but it is true. But into the heavens itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. What did he say? I'm going to be at the right hand of the Father on your behalf. So he's in the presence of God, with God, in that holy holies, in that place that no man has ever entered in or even saw. Not only, to, not that he should offer himself as often, but the high priest entered into the most holy place. Um, so this is in the natural. We had to have a high priest go in every year on our behalf. Well, Jesus being in the holy place of the Father doesn't re-enter every year. It's a permanent deal. It's been settled in heaven. So Jesus' body is for you and me. He's there on our behalf. Still see the Bible tells me that I have a, uh, someone pleading my case. Well, it's Jesus. So, and I don't think we can get a better uh, lawyer in the courthouse than him, okay, on my behalf. But, the Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. It's on the right side, right? In God, and, and if I got faith in God, I have to have faith in his word, and his word was Jesus, and Jesus was in the beginning, and Jesus was God, and Jesus was the word, then I need to have an understanding of who Jesus is, and was, and is to me today. Amen. Hello. I know I said a mouthful, but I want you to hear. So knowing that new covenant, my new covenant right, the the the, the uh, communion that was done with the twelve disciples uh, at the last supper was a type and shadow, just like the wilderness was. He goes on to say to them, "This is my body." Break, it's going to be broken for you. Break the bread. Give thanks for it. Eat it. Partake of it. And he said, 
do this as often as you can in collaborative terms. But then it goes on to make something different about the Jews, the wine. He says, this represents my blood. This is your new covenant right. Read the scripture. It's there. It's a right that never existed before because his blood had never been shed. He's now giving us the type and channel of the understanding of what is to come is about to happen and it's going to be your right. You know, when you know your rights, something that belongs to you, you can stand on that and it will come to pass. Amen. You can operate in that. And so Gideon, he said, the new covenant, we see the fulfillment of the Old Testament sacrifices. So in other words, no more. These sacrifices of the new covenant fulfill all previous covenantal sacrifices. So I want everybody to know the law had its place and its point, but the law had been fulfilled. If the law had been fulfilled, then I no longer live under those premises anymore. Hello? So if I live on the other side of the cross, what am I living in? Mm. I'm living in an era or a place of grace. God's grace is unmerited favor, but he went to the cross, he died for you and me. In other words, he paid the toll on you and I's behalf, and he just, we, we got to the toll booth, and the, the person told us to go to keep going. Because your toll's been paid already. How did you pay? Blood covenant. The very blood that's running through your veins, he sacrificed his on your behalf. And so we got to get a, the new covenant sacrifice was only supreme sacrifice. But there's only the only sacrifice that can thoroughly cleanse a man from sin. All others merely point to and were anticipatory of the once and for all sacrifice for sins that Jesus has done for you and I. So his blood was crucial to be shed at Calvary. And had it not been done, there would not have been the cleansing for you and I that needed to take place. This was the plan of the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ participating. He was always there. He knew he, he was born for that purpose. So the study of the Old Testament sacrificial system given to Israel and illustrates the old patriarchs in particular, God, and when it came to the details of concerning the body and the blood of the victim. And so I know we got a lot of that going on today. There's still a lot of people that want to just stick by the law and do things legalistically. But according to scripture, it also tells us that if I live by the law, I die by the law. You know, these are just things that will never change in my life. Because I didn't receive it or accept it. And so, um, you know, but the, the law itself is good and was good, but it will never do what Jesus has done. And had his blood never been shed, we would still be looking for temporal uh, sacrifices. And, you know, and I like to say this about the house of God this is a place that's full of sinners Amen. who can come in. With the grace of God, become a saint. That's the business we in. We in since we in the, we in the business of welcoming, the, you know, the, 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 the clientele in which we attract <laughs> all, and it exists everywhere, but all of sinners. But our purpose is to come in and bring them to a place 
clarity and understanding of planning. What's the question? I have a question. Uh, if somebody's just getting involved in reading the Bible, you just talked about uh, the law being fulfilled. But we have to clarify that doesn't mean the Ten Commandments. I mean, is that how would you explain that to somebody? So, if they, if they, because they're going to see the Ten Commandments, but well, what's the difference? So, the Ten Commandments were fulfilled in a sense. So I want to share with you. So, according to Scripture, there are two new ones. The two new commandments fulfilled the ten. He didn't take them away, but if he said, "Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy spirit," so my love for God. Uh, and I, I like to say the two that take away five right there. Right. Then the next one he said is love thyself, love thy neighbor as you love thyself. So he was really talking, moving us to. So we're talking to that person that heard about the Ten Commandments. You need to learn about the two commandments that he gave in the scripture. And he said these two will supersede those ten. And the reason is if you look at those two, they encompass all of what was in the ten. So they, they've not gone away, they just, they've been interpreted or said in a different manner. Okay? Because he superseded it with, so the Old Testament is superseded by the New Testament. There would be no need for a New Testament if, or, or to call the other one old if there wasn't a new one. Well, why did we call it new? Well, there were things that happened in this one that clarified or brought this one to fulfillment and conclusion. And so the New Testament is full of fulfillment of what was spoke about in the Old Testament. Now, I am grateful to be on the other side. Because I, got an I have an opportunity to live in God's grace and an understanding. That's a lot different than living in a legalistic society and community. A totally different uh, perspective. I thank God for this opportunity. My, and my hope is that you understand that His grace and mercy is in place. But don't take them for granted, because I am not talking about greed and grace. Go ahead, sir. What's the question? Uh, not uh, <coughs> really a question. Okay. Just something, a statement. Well, something about, uh, talk about in Hebrews uh, 9, where you're coming from. Hebrews chapter 9? Yeah, Hebrews chapter 9. Explains uh, what you were talking about, real elephant. Yes. Um, there's something here that uh, I like to bring out. Right. Is uh, verse 14. Because the, the old covenant was uh, put aside when Jesus came. He uh, clarified it at the breaking of the uh, with the 12. Right. With the blood and the, and the, and the bread. But I don't even know if they really understood what he was talking about. Mm -hmm. Because here it says, I mean, I guess when he was explaining it at the time, he was laying the foundation for us to recognize. Right. And here it says, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offer himself without spot to God, purging your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. His blood, see, Jesus the blood of goats and bulls could not reach the throne. It only could allow us to be a, a type, a typology of what Jesus was going to do. Yes. His blood superseded the seen world and the unseen world to eradicate our sins. And what it did, 
it purged our conscience. That part that purged our conscience, his blood allowed us to not to be feel condemned. But when we receive Christ, the blood washes us clean that our conscience don't continue to accuse us of the old things that we did in the past. That's how powerful his blood is. This, now, and it says here, it says, and from, from dead work. So once we dead work. Yeah. So let me can I to add that. To that? Yeah, okay, I know you're going to hop on To serve a living God. Now, if his blood didn't work and we received Christ Jesus, our conscience will still accuse us from the things that we did in the past. Yes. Wow. Over and over every day. Because you couldn't we, be free. And we couldn't serve God. You wouldn't be able to be Because look, so watch what the Amplified Bible says about that. What does it say? How much more surely shall the blood of Christ, who by virtue of his eternal spirit, his own pre-existing divine personality, have offered himself as an unblemished sacrifice to God, purifying our purifying our conscience from dead works and lifelessness and observing to serve the ever-living God. We would never have been able to serve God, which is what I said there earlier. We would have never been able to even approach God had not the blood been shed on our behalf. Because the goats, you, you just said it earlier too, the goats, of, the blood of the goats and bullocks would never have, they never rest, they couldn't leave they couldn't penetrate further than the earth where they were. They could not penetrate to the heavenlies where we so as it is in heaven, so shall it be in the earth. We need some things operating in life. There was no connection with the bullock or the goat because they don't have the spirit of God. They were just a typology of something to come. And, it, and we dealt with that from that perspective. That was, that was excellent. Go ahead. Prior to Pastor Bruce coming up here and speaking about uh, Hebrews uh, chapter 9, I was just reading Hebrews chapter 8. And he spoke about how the old covenant was faultless. It says here, verse 7, it says, For if the first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion for a second one and or an attempt to institute a, another one, the new covenant. However, God finds fault with them showing its inadequacy when he says, behold, the days will come, says the Lord, when I will make and ratify a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Not like the covenant that I made with their fathers, on the day when I took them by the hand and led them out of the land of Egypt, for they did not abide in my covenant, and I so I withdrew my favor and disregard them, saying, says the Lord, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will imprint my law upon their minds even their innermost thoughts and understanding and engrave them upon their hearts, affecting their regeneration. So this, everything that's being discussed, it, it confirms why I'm talking about Jesus' body. It goes back to my original theme tonight. Jesus' body and blood is for you and me. And going there, just now, I want to, one more before I take this next question, out of the Message Bible, 
same chapter 9, verses 11 to 15. But when the Messiah arrived, the high priest of superior things of his new covenant, he would bypass the old tents and the tapping in to create the world and went straight into heaven. Listen to Hazard, the tent, the true holy place. Once and for all, he also bypassed the sacrifices consisting of goats and calf blood, instead using his own blood. Okay, and he said, at this price, he to set us free once and for all, if the animal blood and other rituals of purification were effective in cleaning up uh, certain matters, our religious and behavior, and think how much more the blood of Christ cleanses us up and whole lives inside and out. And it says here, it says uh, in chapter 9 also, uh, 16 and 17, it says, for where the testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testament. For the testament is of, of force after man or man are dead. Otherwise, it is all of no strength at all, while the testament is alive. So in the Old Testament, the goats and bulls and all of them screamed and howled on the way to their death. But Jesus walked willingly and laid his life down to give up that blood. So it goes all the way back to the to the virgin birth that, that he had that that virgin birth, because that blood came from the Holy Spirit from God. It was the only blood that could be laid down willingly and reach back into glory to cleanse us from, from dead works and also allow us to commit sin and, and cleanse us again over and over and over. It's not easy grace. That's right. And that's tonight we wanted to talk about why the blood of Jesus was so important. Because I'm going to end tonight right there. I'm going to leave that with you. Um, we, we, we're probably going to continue here. If you were here with us, we're going to continue on a little bit, but again, next week we will be back with this. We're not going to stop uh, this particular topic, the blood covenant and how important this is um, to us and for you. And I think it'll help give us a basic understanding. Uh, some of us questioning what, why Jesus had to die. Well, if he didn't and his blood wasn't poured out, he, he, he died as a man. He didn't die as God. He's in his rightful place. He just came to get some things right that we had gotten wrong. And he straightened it out. But I'm going to continue on with that next week. I'll continue in the same vein. But we need you coming up on the screen. I want to invite you out tomorrow night. We're having a home buying seminar right here at 1101 Delaware Street. Uh, first time home buyers. Somebody here is looking to get your second different ways we want to connect you. We have some realtors here. We got some brokers here. We got some it's on our Facebook, so, um, I'm probably going to need, like, 
few more minutes. Our realtors are coming, a few other things. It'll be a great, great seminar. So we want you to be a part of that and participate with us uh, in that uh, seminar uh, next week. I, I, tomorrow, kind of. So it's tomorrow night, January 5th, 25th at 7 o'clock. And we're going to be doing this again in February and in March. Uh, I'm on a mission to help people get homes and to get into the, the housing market to, uh, because the rental business is getting more and more crazy. Um, you think y'all don't know realtors to you, or not realtors, but a renter, the, the person that you're renting from, um, can give you 30 day, 90 day notice and jack the rent up two, three times the amount, which is happening in Wilmington right now and other places. <clears throat> Actually, it's happening all over our state. And uh, so I'm encouraging people to become homeowners. So I want to again, invite you back out tomorrow night to be a part of us. So we're more than a church. We're doing a lot of different things to try to help you, the person. Uh, but this blood covenant is a good thing. We'll be back again next week. And meanwhile, uh, coming up on the screen, I believe you'll be able to sow into our ministry. We could use your support so that we can keep doing what we do. And bring good. in those different uh, seminars and conferences that we have. Amen. Look forward to seeing you. Uh, we're here on Sunday morning at 10.30. But we'll be here tomorrow night at 7 for the home buying seminar. Come out and see us. God bless. Huh? Huh? It's now we got a time off. I think all I told her that already. 7. <laughs> but listen. Before y'all go, I just want to say something to you. No, Seth. Yeah, I've been cutting. We got to know how to cut the video and start the I video. All right. Um, to what this is doing, I'm, I'm, and I'm glad to see all of y'all here. This is important. Why? Because I'm saying it just sparked something. And you, Pastor Bruce, Pastor Rob, Pastor all of y'all, we got to do this. Is, this is a great time. Or to energize us.